0: Welcome to the Be Free RE Podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angatti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you
1: want to do. Good. All right. Just Hit that recording and progress button like it was nothing. No oh. lead in whatsoever.
0: No need, man. We know where we're headed. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. I'm Johnner. Nice, Half of Tanya. your hosts. Tanya. Tanya. Yeah. Tony A. Short and Tony A, what's Tony going on a. with what's going on in your world right now, Tony A?
1: Oh, just talking to you. No, oh, that's Is true. That's a great answer. That's a fantastic answer. It's uh, honest
0: and I appreciate that.
1: No, I am uh, uh wife had some surgery so getting back into finally seeing people again uh, Mm -hmm. this week which is interesting i haven't decided if i'm going to let my pathetic beard continue to grow or give up probably give up it's not not very befitting
0: i don't know let's ask the audience let us know
1: if we were advanced we would put a little uh click yes or click no button it doesn't work
0: like that dude it's not it's not like a on
1: instagram <laughs> it does oh yeah
0: we could do that on on an instagram
1: story uh, all right um i thought yeah, you meant so... like right now <laughs> no live we're not we're not live streaming us yeah that's what i was um, trying to say but but yeah so getting back into seeing some people getting back into um you know checking on jobs and stuff i've been relying on a lot of help from my team to do pretty much everything for the past while, because while all this was going on personally, I couldn't, um, I couldn't see anyone. That sounds like healthy uh, business development stuff though. Yeah. It was useful, useful for me to kind of realize what, what I need to do versus what I can kind of move around. Um, So that's been good. That's what I've been up to. Awesome. Uh, Reading lots of, lots of books yeah good to great, to great jim wells yep that so how about
0: you dude i don't know we went to north carolina for two weeks it was great we got out of pittsburgh it was like there was every single house had ice in the gutters we just <laughs> drove out of town and we just, just went leave. south until we hit the ocean and boy i'll tell you north carolina is a weird spot though sorry you to really know
1: how to just drive south do you yeah, I do. You, you, drive, don't know. you drove south till you hit the ocean. Yeah, man. But you went sideways. No, no,
0: we went south, bro. We went south. South. There you go. you got to look at a map. You, uh, you stay in a beach house or something? Or Yeah, I stayed at a beach house. Uh, it was like 80 degrees down there. It was crazy. And uh, ate some delicious vinegar-based barbecue. And then just drove back. Nice. We stopped in Lancaster. And we saw a
1: whole bunch of Amish guys playing frisbee golf. So how about that? Did you ask any of them for uh, a contact card so that you can get metal roofing nice and cheap? <laughs> no, <laughs> but my,
0: my uncle used to do uh contracting like that? out in, out in Youngstown. And he was like, dude, I love the Mennonites. And he's like, they got all these gas-powered tools, man. It's crazy. They don't like using electricity.
1: (laughs) So, like, I guess their drills are, like, gas-powered or something. So, anyway. That's awesome. There you go, listeners. Yeah, but that's actually uh, pretty good if you're in Pennsylvania and you're, like, doing something where you got time. uh, Finding, like, help from the Amish (laughs) is pretty cheap, actually. You just got to (laughs) go pick them up most of the time. Uh, I never done it. I thought you were going to say that's a good
0: segue into this week's episode, which is all about That's true. It would have been a good
1: segue. Come on, I man. It.
0: I I like threw one it's, up like uh, John Stockton. There you go.
1: This you, is a good just... segue in today's show and how contractors get paid. There you and, go. Um you know, neither of us are serious contractors. I uh no. I'm licensed and you are licensed? Yeah, I'm a licensed general contractor. Oh, man. How about that? That's uh, not very impressive because I'll tell you what goes into getting your license to be a contractor in Pennsylvania. You fill out a form. You send it into the state. You give the state some money. You purchase insurance. Congratulations. You are now a licensed general contractor.
0: Mm -hmm. Same level of effort to get a service animal, except you don't even need insurance it's true that's a throwback to one of our favorites all right so i am (laughs) not licensed uh, i just mess stuff up and then call my uh, professionals once i mess it up bad enough so
1: you're vetted licensed contractors not the one who just
0: exactly i don't drink coffee anymore i just electrocute myself while i'm working on stuff and uh you know there there you go nice well
1: yeah so i won't claim to know every aspect of how a contractor gets paid um obviously you know every contractor is different but there's a few basic things that i figured we could go over and we could talk about how to get contractors to like you Mm. you so that they want to work with you so that you're good to work with um we can maybe talk a little bit about how to vet them and then we can talk about how Maybe they make money, but also how you can sort of structure it so that you protect yourself a little bit too. Uh, that
0: sounds good. I, I'm gonna be in the I'm gonna be advice, in the but... passenger seat on this one, man, because I feel deeply unqualified to have strong opinions after my latest renovation.
1: <laughs> everyone is in the passenger seat because I feel like everyone struggles. So you could be the right. most experienced investor out there and still struggle with this, and you could be the newest person and very likely struggle with this um so yeah i guess first what what should we cover uh i guess i basically covered how a contractor becomes a contractor (laughs) in pennsylvania it's real simple in other states there's sometimes testing or things like that um in pennsylvania Hmm. the only thing that you actually need to do a test for to be licensed for is a uh, or at least in my county in allegheny county The only thing that you need to do a test for really is to become a master plumber. So anybody can be an electrician, which not that many people know, unless you're in the city of Pittsburgh where you need to take a, a city test, but anybody can be one. So when you're vetting contractors, it's often useful to look at their actual qualifications and criteria because you can't necessarily just rely on your state to have the right qualifications, you know? Um, good info it's really the contractor themselves background um that's why it's so difficult to find good contractors in our in pittsburgh and allegheny county just because very low barrier uh, barrier to entry and then um from there it's just recommendations reputation everything like that yeah so you'll want to do a lot of vetting we can talk about that a little bit after But so, John, how do you think a contractor makes money? Uh,
0: They take it out of my wallet while I'm walking around the house. Uh, I think they make money by uh, quoting jobs. They go visit a job. Then they get a contract on what will be paid. And then in exchange for their uh, time and labor, they are compensated uh, for the job. That is what I would expect.
1: Right. So there's a few basic ways that they'll get paid. Number one, they'll get paid on labor, like you said. So typically they'll have a profit margin and they'll get paid a certain, you know, they'll set a rate that they're trying to make per job and they'll normally won't quote you hourly. Some contractors will just say, you know, pay me for a day, a day of my work is this much money. But the more typical way is they're gonna bid a job. So they're gonna give you yeah. a price for the whole job. And they're gonna have something broken down as a labor. So that's just the money that they're making for their people being there doing the work. And there's also gonna be a material cost, which for some contractors will be just what the material costs. So like if flooring costs 250, they might charge 250. But for many contractors maybe <laughs> yeah, for many contractors, they're gonna charge you a markup on your equipment. This is especially true for Like HVAC contractors or people who are selling a larger piece of equipment, um, because they're going to get a rate from their supplier and then they're going to charge you uh, a higher rate because labor alone, you know, sometimes it's a little bit hard to make money on that. So they're going to make a profit on the stuff that they sell. This can be the same for like a flooring contractor or a window contractor or a roofing contractor, any of these people. They're not usually going to charge you material costs. They're going to charge a markup on the material. Right. Agreed. only makes sense. Um, So not only are they your salesperson for their labor, but they're also your salesperson for the product that is going in more often than not. So do you think, I guess, well, you don't, you're smarter than this, but a lot of times people think like if their employee costs or or they're spending, you know, if their employee costs $20 an hour and they're charging $85 an hour for labor, then they think that the person is making how much money? $65, $60, right? But what most investors don't understand is that there is a lot of different costs that goes into your, your business as a contractor. This I do know, even though I'm not, Like, I don't run a construction company to, um, you know, derive profit. I have a construction company for my own uh, employee to do work on our our units. So from that, just to give you an example, we pay him $25 an hour and he costs us $45 an hour Hmm. to exist, to drive around, to do everything. Between his health insurance, his um, are you have insurance for um, the business itself. The vehicle. Li- yeah, liability insurance for the company, for contractors is, is fairly expensive. Additionally, um, the unemployment insurance is pretty expensive. You have the vehicle, you have tools, you have any training that's necessary. You have a uh, cell phone, you have all these different expenses that go into it. So it's typical that an employee will cost double their hourly wage.
0: And for everybody at home, that's, that's pretty standard. on almost every place I've ever worked actually like desk jobs and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times people will try and negotiate with their contractor and they'll say like, well, if somebody's not working for $25 an hour, then they're too expensive or something. You know, I say, I hear that all the time, like in our market, people want people who will work for like 25 or $30 an hour. But the truth is, unless they're the sole employee, like sometimes you'll get an electrician or somebody who might work for $60 an hour, but that's because they're the only employee of their business. They're kind of a sole person, whatever they make in labor, they're not really running a business. They're kind of just a tradesman. It's, you know. They have a business but it's more like just a tradesman type thing if they have a business then um you know they're paying a person and then they have to make money on top of that so if you think you're getting their labor for thirty dollars that means they have to pay their people fifteen dollars an hour and then the question in your head becomes who are they getting for $15 an hour? Who is their employee that is doing that work? People out of rehab. <laughs> well, in my experience, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, perhaps unreliable people because the truth of the matter is like think about it from the the employee's point of view. If you can make $15 an hour working at sheets or, you know, a manager at a grocery store or whatever, Why in the world would you beat your body up being a contractor for the same wage? It just doesn't make sense. And then additionally, if you have any skill, why are you going to go work for a company for that wage? You're not. Because in Pittsburgh and in many areas, there's labor unions. And if you go join the electrician's union or the carpenter's union or you do whatever union and you work on commercial jobs, you're going to make a lot more than you'll make than than $15 an hour. So whenever you're bargain hunting, you have to think about like, okay, if I'm really only paying this person about $30 an hour, what kind of employees am I really getting out of it? And then ultimately, what kind of quality of work am I really getting out of it, right? So I think whenever you're analyzing quotes, you're analyzing bids, it's useful to think of that basic concept Whatever your hourly, you know, whatever you're out being charged hourly, like say it's $80, realize that whatever they pay their employee costs double to actually have that employee. And then what's in the middle is their potential profit. But obviously, there's other expenses to running the business too. There's accounting. There's all the taxes that go into it. There's all those things. So it might not be unusual to have a labor rate of between 50 and 75 dollars an hour because in in pittsburgh because they're going to have to account for all those costs right
0: do you do you actually get a labor rate on stuff though tony or do you just get like hey this is what the you job is to,
1: you have to you usually get this is what the job is
0: you back into it
1: yeah but then if you've done enough jobs you can think like well if it takes them this long to do this, then this is what they're charging me as like a, a, an actual hourly
0: yeah. rate. So you're not gonna get these numbers from your contractor.
1: Not usually, sometimes yeah. you can ask it. The other thing to keep in mind is a lot of the labor rates and what is actually a useful question to ask a contractor is like, do you charge the same rate to do the same thing? So like to do everything or do you charge a different rate to do certain things? Because, for instance, uh, unskilled labor, like you don't need to pay that much money to find an unskilled laborer, right? Yep. So if it's like taking out old carpet or something that is really just grunt work, you shouldn't be paying the skilled laborer rate for that job because it doesn't require any skill. So it's useful to try to kind of work your way into that. Sometimes you can ask a contractor, like what they're charging you hourly, just so that you have an idea. Um, they might. <laughs> if you like uh,
0: being lied to, go for it.
1: <laughs> and they might not appreciate that yeah. question very much. Um, but but yeah. So long story short, they're making money on their labor. They're making money on their material. And the labor you want to know to subtract all those different costs that are going to the business to determine if it's fair or not. Yeah. Um, the other way to determine if it's fair is just to get a bunch of different bids Obviously, we all know that, so then we can talk a little bit about payment structures if you think that's useful.
0: yeah, I think vetting and payment structures
1: okay so what do you when you've hired a contractor, what's the typical way you pay them?
0: Um, so there's usually it depends whos getting materials, right? So if I'm ordering materials, um, I try and structure things as a twenty five twenty five fifty. Uh, with an incentive for early completion and a punishment for late completion. So Mm -hmm. um, what that means is uh, I'm going to give you 25% of, I'm not going to give you anything until you start finishing work, but I'm going to pay for the materials. Okay. And then I'm going to give you 25% of whatever we agree to on the job. When you feel like, uh, you know, a first pass is done another 25% of the next pass. And then, because you know, what often happens is they're like, Oh, I'm 80% done, but there's another 80% to go. Kind of a thing happens. (laughs) I try and hold back 50% for the second half of things. And I say, Hey, maybe you can finish it early. I'll, you know, I'll pay you. And even if I don't need them to finish it early, I still leave that incentive in there. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I don't know why. It just works. Uh, bad yeah. things happen when you don't, well, you don't when you give like, too much yeah. time scope on a
1: job. Yeah. Yeah. Being snappy is just super important. But anyway, I'm. Yeah. So I'll digress. Yours is a little bit more advanced than most people. Most people, when they start out, you know, they'll think that 50 50 is customary. I'll give you 50% up front, 50% when you finish the job. That's what most contractors will ask for. Um, and it makes sense for them. Um, But (laughs) that's not really what you should do. Normally what people will do is a lot of people don't buy materials themselves because you can, there's like really very small chance that it will happen, but um, there is some liability with being the one who bought the materials. Um, Oh, interesting. Use that. If, if like somebody gets injured on the job, Sometimes lawyer lawyers can use that as a weird way to try to go after you for their workplace injury.
0: It, so, it really complicates the work too, right? Sometimes you want to just say, hey, go buy the stuff. Here's the budget we agreed to.
1: Most good contractors aren't even going to want you to buy the material because they're going to buy the material that they want to use. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. But typically what I'll do is I will um, – you know i'm not normally paying for material up front for most of my contractors unless it's like a subcontracting type company like a flooring company or a window company or whatever huh. I'm telling them that if they want material money then i will pay for it when it shows up on the job site so when it shows up at the property i'll pay you for the materials um, because number one like if their contracting company doesn't make enough money to buy materials for the job then i mean uh oh <laughs> that's kind of a red flag yeah you can sometimes break that rule and like pay for it you know if it's not a, if it's not a lot of money or if you know the person fairly well or whatever but to be honest the opposite usually happens once you know the contractor they're not even going to make you pay anything up front because they've already been paid a bunch of times like most of the contractors that i use don't even charge me until the job's done Or if they do, they charge me because it's a very large material order, like something pretty big. And then if it's that big, then I will give them some money up front. But for just a normal unit turn, I'm going to say, I'll pay you for the materials when they show up on site. Okay. That's number one. And then after that, like you said, if it's a big enough job, you usually want to have timelines. So you want to have like once. X amount of tasks are done. I pay you this much. Once the next tasks are done, I pay you this much. And you should always just keep having a carrot there so that they show up because I find that the last, the last 10% of every job is the hardest to get someone to complete. For even sure. Even if you have a lot of money sitting there, I don't know why, but it seems like no one wants to show up to do the last 10% of the job, even if they have like 50% of the money left to make. Yeah. If like they've already moved on to the next one a lot of times. So yeah, it's kind of start dragging. And what you said that I want to reiterate is a really good concept is giving them a bonus for completing early and then also giving them a penalty for finishing late. Um, the bonus is usually a little bit more straightforward and works easier. The, the punishment is usually um, not as easy to enforce because then sometimes they just get weird about showing up in general. Um, but really the most useful thing to do with time when you hire a contractor up front is say, how long do you think this will take you? And they'll tell you, because if you tell them, I need this done in three weeks, then they're going to say it'll be done in three weeks. Even if it's not, because they know, even if number one, they're trying to get the job, even if they're an honest person, um, they might think that's possible, but yeah, it's human nature, not man. Be realistic. Yeah. And then number yeah. three, if they're a fairly dishonest person, they know that once they've started, it's hard for you to act. Yeah.
0: Entirely. What are you going to get rid of them? Yeah.
1: So I'll say, you know, okay, how long will it take you to finish? They'll say three weeks. And then I'll say, okay, that's great. But I want to let you know upfront that if you don't finish in three weeks, that I'm going to have you sign this contract. And it says that you pay a penalty if you don't finish in three weeks. And I'm going to tell you right now that personally, I don't care how long it takes you. If it takes you six weeks, that's fine. But I want to know that it's going to take you six weeks up front so that I can plan for that. So if you told me three weeks and you think that's aggressive, let's walk that back and we'll do five weeks or six weeks. You tell me what is realistic and I'm going to hold you accountable to whatever you tell me is realistic. And then a lot of times I'll say like, well, you know, I have some other stuff going on. Maybe let's do five weeks and I can try to finish in three. And then I'll say, great, five weeks. That's what we're holding you accountable to. If you go over five weeks, there's a punishment. We both agreed now that that's fair. So, you know, man to man, like man to woman, human to human, whatever. Um, we agreed that this is this is acceptable. And if you finish early, I'm going to give you, you know, a five percent project bonus for finishing earlier than five weeks. Yeah, and and that's the best way to structure those those uh, those deals.
0: The one thing we had happen recently is we kind of had that back and forth with the contractor, and they walked out the timeline. And I suspect they walked out the timeline because they thought, oh. Uh, it's they're in the project business right they have to always get another project another project another project so they uh i think they used us as like their steady cash cow Mm -hmm. and they were like oh and we'll go out and we'll bid other jobs and our job lost some momentum so Mm -hmm. that would be the the only caveat to like really letting them set the timeline there uh I would be mindful of that. So my, my new thinking on this is I ask them, how long is it going to take you? I add a week. And then if they actually finish, so they say three weeks, I'll give them four. And if they finish in four, I'll pay them the bonus.
1: That's, that's early. That makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few different ways to do it, but I, I don't know. what's perfect, but it, yeah. You part know. of part of it for me too, that I might be, missing out on is just, um, I'm a little bit further removed from having to hire like randoms. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I've been working with the same people for a lot of different things. So I kind of know how they operate. And I know the ones that say they're going to take longer. Yeah. yeah. Tell me four weeks. I know it's really going to take them six or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but I found that that strategy worked for me. And then what you're saying makes sense too. Um, not that not that bad, but the general concept here is that you don't want to pay everyone, someone everything up front. <laughs> Definitely you not. You want to minimize the amount of up front and keep the carrot going as much as you can because the carrot's what's going to keep people moving. Um, yeah, I mean, payday's Friday usually. Just... You'll see those guys, man. Like three guys show up on Friday
0: to get all this stuff done. It's like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
1: So then we can talk about how you can keep the good ones, like happy to be somebody that they want to work with. Um, Yeah. I'm all ears. Let's hear. Yeah. So number (laughs) one, is you don't want to be the person that's always negotiating or like if you have a good contractor, don't bring in like three bids against (laughs) them. Like if you bring them in to look at a job, and they're a good contractor that you've worked with, just give them the job. Yeah. As long as it's a fair price. I mean, it's useful every so often every year or so to get a, <laughs> a different price on something just to make sure that you're keeping your contractor honest um, as far as prices are concerned. So it's, it's good to be aware of what stuff out there is costing, but you don't want to bring somebody in. Same thing to like, if you're bringing in a contractor just to bid all the time and you never give them any work, not only are you a dick, but you're also just, like, wasting everyone's time. Yeah. And they're when you do actually need that person, they're not going to show up.
0: They're never going to show up, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, because why would they? Because you're a jerk. You're bringing them in just to lower the price of your other guy, which, yeah. like, people can say that's good business, but it's a good one event, you've, you've won the battle and lost the war, so to speak. Cause it's like, now you're not building good relationships. Your name's going to get around. So all these guys talk to each other and girls, I shouldn't say and just only guys. Cause there's more and more uh, female contractors out there that I've run into, which is um, kind of cool. And then um, the other thing too, with that is once you, once you hire someone, You know, I think it's really easy to fall into the trap of being the like annoying customer that every day is like, hey, where can I get an update? Can I get an update? Can I get an update? And a little bit of that is good to keep someone on track. But if you're constantly calling them and pinging them for updates, like when are they going to do the work, right? (laughs) And you also have to understand that you're likely not their only job they're probably scheduling you, you know, if right. they have multiple crews or if they, even if they're their single person, they're probably going to be bouncing from job site to job site to job site, which is a useful question to ask them up front, Like how many jobs do you work on at a given time? Because two or three might be okay. But if they're like one person and a second person, you don't want them to be working on like eight jobs at a time. Cause that's, That's not going to work, yeah. You're not going to get done anytime soon. So avoiding nagging, that's a a useful thing. Um, Being fair with them about changes. So as the customer, you shouldn't expect too many changes to their scope of work, but you don't want to be the person who, like, they open the wall, something completely (laughs) change the scope. They give you a change order, and now it's more expensive, and you don't want to be the person who, throws a hissy fit about that because it's like, then what are they going to do? They're going to price all of their jobs as if the worst case scenario happens. And then when it doesn't happen, you're just going to start paying more for the worst case scenario when it didn't actually happen. So it's like, you know, you have to be fair with them, but at the same time, if they're hitting you with change orders all the time, then it's like, okay, well, you need to be more realistic about what's going into this. I can't pay you for every small thing, but I'm also not going to fuss when something legitimate comes up and you need to put in a change order. Um, yeah. And then the most critical thing is just to pay them promptly. So like when they send you a bill, even if it says net 60 day terms, don't wait 60 days to pay them, just pay them right away. And they're going to keep showing up and keep doing work for you because they actually get paid, you know? And then yep. additionally, uh, business building things like referrals back and forth are a good way to build a relationship. So if you know somebody else that needs a roof or a carpet or whatever, uh, give them your your contractor name um, so that your contractor gets more business too. Within reason, you you do get some some protect your own contacts too, because then it's like, if they're so busy with everyone else, they don't have time for you. So you gotta, you know, have some wiggle room there, but referrals are appreciated. And then on the back end of that too, they'll likely start sending you referrals. I mean, I've gotten numerous referrals from contractors where they went to quote a building and the person didn't even end up doing the work because it was more money than they had. So then to me, that's a motivated seller, right? they don't have money to fix the things that they need to fix. So that's someone that's in a bad situation that then I can buy their building. So those kind of referrals are appreciated too. Um do you have anything that you do in addition to that?
0: Don't email them like don't ever. Them. They I mean you have to understand these guys are on the move. Like everybody's on their phone. They very rarely crack open their laptop and a lot of these guys if if it's a firm right and they have like crews like you're talking about this is different but if you're working with you know somebody who's smaller you you can't be like hey email me pictures of stuff and like you know this is you're they're not going to want to do work for you i I mean you have to think about like how they like to work
1: and communicate so Mm. um you know it's In, in in the middle pictures are fine like um, like if it's something that's going behind the walls and you ask for like send me pictures before you put the wall back up
0: I yeah. think that's reasonable
1: but they'll text them to you yeah
0: right right like I mean maybe they'll email them to you but in in my experience the guys uh, they do stuff over text they appreciate texts you know calling them all the time and demanding their time in an exact moment you know it's You know, just kind of being understanding that like, you know, you're not the center of the universe. They are the center of their own universe. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, be fair with their time, right? Like you don't want them to call you like five times a day, right? So just think about uh, the message and the medium and all that stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. And then the the other thing too, speaking of like respecting their time, is if someone gives you a bid, it's often useful if you're not, you know, if you're not sure you're going to do the work, it's useful to pay them for their time to kind yeah, of give that's you true. the quote Because most contractors will do free estimates, but they'll all tell you that like the biggest time suck of their day is estimates because yeah. a lot of those people aren't ever going to do anything. So if you at least pay them, you know, $50, $100 to do an estimate for you and then say like, if I do the work, will you take $100 off of it? you know? But if I don't do the work, then here's $50, $100, whatever, for drawing up the estimate. So I've done that to contractors that I work with if I have them bidding against other contractors. I've said like, hey, you know, this is a, a very large job. I have to bring in other contractors to quote the work um, just because it might be like a $20,000, $30,000 job but for your time can i pay you like 100 dollars because i know that the estimates going to take you a good bit of time to put together yeah so yep that's good
0: yeah all right how about vetting how do you vet guys do you, you don't vet guys anymore but how would you vet uh, guys if you vetted them
1: so really or girls one Number one is the referrals. So obviously, asking other investors in your area—that's kind of the start for referrals. I don't, um, I don't trust the like Thumbtack Home Advisor sites too much anymore. They uh, kind of pay to play, so yeah, you know, I don't really, I don't really do that too much. Um, so personal referrals are the start. And then what I like to do just because I have more units is I'll give them like a small job or a couple small jobs first to see how they perform. Yeah. Um, You don't really want to get somebody started on like a giant project as their first project with you Uh, could work out, but it could also be just a nightmare, kind of a mess. Um, So small jobs to start are usually best. If you don't have the, um, if you don't have the luxury of giving them small jobs first, you can ask them to like see some examples of their work or even better see a job site that they're on. Ask them if you can like just show up to one of their projects. Um, but at a minimum like pictures and then the customer's name that goes along with the pictures. Um, yeah. That stuff can be faked, but still useful to, to check it out. Um, you want to search them on like like our criminal Uh, portal is public access so usually you want to search them on like the criminal background check especially if you have tenants in the buildings that they're operating in because you obviously don't want somebody with like assaults and you know all kinds of crazy stuff doing work in your building where there's tenants yeah Um, you can also on those sites you can usually see if there's civil suits against them So typically a person isn't going to go as far as suing a contractor unless it's a pretty significant situation or they're crazy. Sometimes it's just like a crazy person, but more often than not, it's a pretty serious situation. So you can um, look up those sorts of things to make sure that they haven't been sued. You want to go online and look up their LLC and see how long they've been in existence Because a lot of times what happens with contractors is they'll do work, they'll get sued, they'll shut down that LLC and start a new one. I already (laughs) told you how easy it is to get a general contracting company license LLC. So they'll just shut down one, start another one. If you see a company that has been in, in existence like two years, a year, that's usually like a yellow flag that you should do a little bit more digging before you hire them just because it could be a situation where they're shutting down companies and starting new ones just to clear their name record, whatever. Um, really weird thing too, that I, that I did at the beginning, um, mostly with roofers because roofers can be like extra shady (laughs) is I used to, uh, take a picture of like their license which sounds weird. Um, like their photo ID. And then I would Google image search, reverse image, search their face, (laughs) because, um, you can like on Google, you can search for images of people. Um, and there were multiple roofing contractors I found that like were in Florida and they had like a roofing scam and then they settled it and then they moved to a different market (laughs) Um, yeah, there were like, there were two, two people that were running scams and I found them that way with like, just image searches. It's weird. Okay. Um, so you can really go pretty deep into this, but if you're going to be doing the basics, referrals, number one, number two, length of time in business, number three, like job history customers and then number four i do view the criminal background check thing pretty highly Um, yeah it's not a formal criminal background check but it's you know searching the public record in your area yeah yeah so
0: people search
1: yeah cool that's you do you do anything additional
0: i don't that's uh more comprehensive than i've done so
1: And then, really, once you get somebody good, just kind of latch on, yeah, and um, you know, treat them well so that they don't get mad at you and not want to work with you anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, all right. right. What else do we need to talk about? Is that it? You know know how to vet people now. You know how to treat them nicely, and they make money. You you should understand. uh, You should have a decent understanding of. You where
1: know that they're in the business to make a profit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to lose money. So to summarize that, you're basically saying they're going to pay their people roughly double whatever the you know, the hourly labor wages, right? So yep. if I'm paying a guy $20 an hour, he's costing me 40 because yep. of FICA and all the insurance given. and all this other overhead Blame stuff. Blame the government. Yeah. Yeah, blamed. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Do it we sound like real estate investors now. Uh, and then in terms of treating them well, once you get them, you don't, you know, you don't want to negotiate them and grind them down on every little thing you want to, uh, you want to make sure that you're not changing your statement of work all the time and you're not changing your mind on things. You want to pay them promptly. You want to respect them with their time. Um, and, uh, don't pay them all the money up front. I guess is the other thing that we skipped over on the first part. And then yeah, in terms of
1: case of cash.
0: Yeah. In terms of vetting, uh referrals was your number one. You want to see how long the business has been in business by checking out their LLC. Uh what else do we have?
1: And then pay them legit. Like don't don't do the I'll, you know, if you do cash, I'll give you like that's kind of a red flag too. Like Oh,
0: really? I don't know. All my roofers ask for that.
1: They ask for it. They may, but I tell them I don't do that. I just say, I just do the, you know, I'm going to write this off on my taxes. I'm going to give you a 1099. That's another stupid tip. Get their W9 before you pay them. Yeah, that's true. Because if you don't get their W9 before you pay them, it's going to be a real pain in the butt to try to collect it. Yeah. Or your taxes are up.
0: Or while you're looking up the LLC in your vetting process, right down there.
1: That's true too. Oh, right down the there. Only, another thing that we forgot to mention, and I'm glad that we brought this up because shouldn't have forgot to mention this. You always want to get their name as an additional interest on their certificate on their certificate of insurance. Yeah, that's if it's true. a big enough job. If it's like a little tiny job, it might be more hassle than you want to do. Whatever. If it's like changing out a, you know, something small, put in a new mailbox on the property. You probably don't need to do this, but if it's anything reasonably significant that can involve a lot of damage, you want to get their um, named additional interest on their insurance policy, because then any changes that happen with the insurance, you'll be notified or you should be notified. It's supposed to, they're supposed to tell you. So like if they get insurance for a day and then cancel it, you'll get notified by the insurance company that they canceled their insurance policy. Cause a lot of contractors are out there. They don't want to pay for insurance and whatever. Um, I don't know. Basically it comes down to pay a premium for people that aren't jabronis.
0: Yeah, it kind of does. And I think this was your lesson learned last time. Having good people just makes your life so much easier. Yep. Even though it sounds ridiculous, you will be so glad when you find the right people and you're overpaying them compared to what you thought you should be.
1: I don't know about overpaying, but paying them fairly. Yeah. Boy,
0: you're going to feel like you're, yeah. Sometimes, well, anyway. Yeah. So. And you'll think, wow, I'm sure glad that such and such is in my life. They make this stuff easy. I don't yeah. have to wonder how I'm going to get the mailbox out of my bathtub anymore or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you got going on.
1: It's a very unique problem. Yes. But anyway, so we're not going to do what we learned this week. That's a whole lot of stuff we learned. Skip it. You Do
0: you have one? Um,
1: no. Yeah. Wow. Well.
0: What I learned this week, Excellent. get a dishwasher pan. So if you're installing dishwashers in your units, there's a 15, $20 pan. You slide in underneath the dishwasher. And then when your dishwasher leaks, all the water rolls forward into the front of the dishwasher. Huh. So then you are aware that your dishwasher is leaking, which is kind of a who cares problem, but, rotten floors that's a that's an eye care problem right so super that super simple just plan ahead get a dishwasher pan
1: there you go looks like i need to go buy 100 dishwasher pans
0: yeah sorry buddy uh i don't anyway. know go get some cafeteria trays i don't know what you can use <laughs> something cheaper
1: <laughs> well this doesn't happen and now we're just gonna risk it yeah but you did make me think of stuff to do now for the future so
0: yep when you start turning those units over getting yourself added as an additional interest for the dishwasher swap outs.
1: Yep. All right. You're ready to go. uh, So yeah. Where can they find out more about us? You can't
0: find anything about me, but you can call me at 412-212-8366. Love your questions, Uh, comments. We got some great hate mail from our last episode. So that
1: was wonderful. Uh, Tony, where can they get you? Uh, Instagram at 412 agent. This'll be up on our youtube channel hello youtube channel uh anthony Angotti on there Um, we
0: have a b3 re youtube also by the way
1: it'll be on there too one day boom um eventually no promises boom but we can um all the links to the youtube are going to be on our social media feeds so links youtube oh yeah. yeah so you can follow me on facebook instagram linkedin whatever i post uh links to the shows and everything so you you can get updated that way. Um, and when we finally do develop our website and everything, which we've been <laughs> talking about for months, there will be information on there too. If you know any aspiring young web developers that would like to do some free intern level work, I will give them a great review to their future uh career prospects bro.
0: you can't end the episode where we just said like pay good people don't grind them down pay them promptly
1: (laughs) well that's when you have money to pay people we um (laughs) we aren't in that position yet
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's on wordpress so uh, if you are a wordpress developer and you're interested give us a holler
1: all right well we will see you next week
0: all right peace tata for now everybody Thank mm-hmm.